I'm Sarah Gross. And I'm Sarah True. And you're listening to If We Were Riding. A triathlon-ish podcast. Grab your sock hats, fill your decanter. Friday's here. It's time for some banter. Tri-tips, life chat from two feisty pros, zoomies, arm hair, ebbs, and flows. Rides with influential women in sport. Voicemails from you, now it's in your court. Join in just to stalk raccoons. Do you like your Zwift caps and fear those loons? So unpad your bras and stop that hiding and find out what happens if we were riding. Hello, hello. It is Sarah. Uh, the other Sarah, Sarah Gross, is in Tempe, Arizona. We're going to get a voicemail from her later. But I wanted to kick off with something a little different. Normally, when we do Why I Rock, it's at the end of a show. But I'm going to flip it and start the show with Why I Rock, but it's going to be Why Sarah Rocks. And I'm going to say Sarah Rocks because she's a connector and I love that she is I think on on face value it's a media company what she's doing um, but really it's about building community and I think uh, you know we're gonna hear a little bit about outspoken summit that's why she's in Tempe right 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 now but I have so much respect for how she wants to bring people together um, you know just personally being involved with what Sarah's doing has taken me out of my little bubble and made me feel more integrated into, you know, the triathlon community. And I, I love her for that. So thank you. You rock, Sarah. Okay. Coming up on today's show, we're going to get a voicemail from Sarah. We are going to have a follow-up on uh, our podcast with Danny last week and four things that I would tell a young athlete based on that. And then finally, Sarah's brain on exercise. Let's talk about Orca for a minute. In 2018, Orca approached me at the Ironman World Championships in Kona and said, hey, we love what you are doing and we want to support women better. So we are designing products specifically for women rather than just, you know, shrinking the men's products. And we want your help. That's me, Sarah and Feisty Media that they were asking for help from. Not only that, but I personally find that my Orca wetsuit is the best I've ever had for flexibility and buoyancy. And I definitely wish I had found it when I was racing pro. Fast forward four years and Orca has launched their new triathlon wetsuits and other gear designed specifically for women. I'm so proud to have been part of this process. So you can order your very own wetsuit and other fab products for 15% off using the code ironwomen15 at orca.com. That's ironwomen, the name of one of our amazing triathlon podcasts, ironwomen1515 at orca.com. As a former pro triathlete who now does very amateur crossfitting for fun and is in perimenopause, meaning I can't count on my hormones to be consistent anymore, one of my main limitations is the speed at which I build muscle. 
It just doesn't come easily for me. I wanted to make sure I am actually getting the benefits of the little time I do have to work out. That's why Amino Co's Perform is the perfect product for me. It tastes good and I just sip on it before and during my workouts. The Amino Co's Perform formula has clean ingredients and is great for your everyday routine to help give your body the fuel it needs to perform at its best and recover faster and stronger from workouts. What's even better is that Amino Co's Perform was created by former Harvard professor and world-renowned clinical researcher, Dr. Wolf. As a competitive athlete, Dr. Wolf has completed 62 marathons in under 2.30 whoa, <laughs> and is still fueling his body with Perform at age 75. So if you are looking for a nutritional advantage when it comes to boosting your peak athletic performance, I recommend you give Perform a try. It's scientifically three times more effective on a gram for gram basis than any other protein source. To try it yourself and get 30% off, Use the code RIDING, R-I-D-I-N-G, when you visit aminoco.com forward slash riding. That's A-M-I-N-O-C-O dot com forward slash riding. Okay, so first things first, let's listen to our voicemail from Sarah. Hello, Sarah. It is I, Sarah, your podcast co-host. I traveled today to Tucson, not Tucson, <laughs> Tempe, Arizona, uh, because we have the Outspoken Women in Endurance Sports Summit this weekend, um, and I'm so excited, but unfortunately, I won't be able to do the podcast with you today. Um, so I'm hoping you will accept this quick update and then our audience will be able to hear from you and what you're up to this week. And then we will come back together next week. So I'm pretty excited, like actually just landing here and it's been, you know, I've been back to the Phoenix area, um, somewhere kind of like right at the end of COVID. Actually, it was my first trip um, to another event right when COVID was kind of ending. Although that was when I still had to go into quarantine on the way home. So that was kind of craziness. But it is kind of like three years later, fun to be back. We're in the same hotel at the graduate that we were in the final year. Um, we're hosting Outspoken at ASU again, um, which is kind of fun, just like all the familiarity. And it's weird how like three years seems like nothing. Like it could be last, could have been last year. So Ella, who is our feisty operator, we call her, she's in charge of all things operations um, and has a big role in um, the logistics of the summit. Her and I flew from Calgary today and um, we, when we landed, we found Lisa Ingerfield, who's my co-founder of the summit right away. And then we also found Amy, who is our um, coordinator, our uh, event coordinator. Anyway, what I wanted to tell you was the, the reason I'm like quite excited this year is like we really first of all, we have a smaller group. So we've got about 70 women coming to Outspoken this year. We expanded it from just triathlon to endurance, all endurance sports. But we also narrowed it to really hone in on um, women's leadership in the industry, but also small business owners um, and entrepreneurs in the space who sort of like need, first of all, need some help or um, need a space in which to network. Um, so we, we're going to be providing that so that we can help each other out. And then also just like the information, you know, because the last few years 
we've been building this business, um, and I know lots of uh, people who have built some really cool businesses in the space or who are involved heavily, who can um, help with the education piece for anyone who wants to build or expand their business. So that's who we're focusing on. Part of it was because like coming out of COVID, we know that um, a lot of businesses are struggling, small businesses struggling, um, and we wanted to keep empowering women to do those things and create their businesses or go after their entrepreneurial dreams, if you will. Okay, so all that rambling to say, I'm quite excited. I'm excited to update you on um, how the summit goes next week. And that's about all I have to say. I need to go for a run. We're um, we're going, we're trying to get a run in before sunsets. And I'm actually just sitting on my computer, finishing up um, a few bits and pieces ahead of the summit. So Sarah, I miss you. I'm sorry to um, have to abandon you this week. And I'm very much looking forward to chatting next week. Okay, bye. I love it. I can't wait to hear how Outspoken Summit goes. The fact that you're back there doing your thing in person with everyone. Oh, it must feel so good. And the fact that it's expanded beyond triathlon seems pretty awesome. A lot of bosses, just like you, Sarah, getting together in Arizona, having a good time. So. This is kind of a non sequitur, but it's been weirdly warm here in New Hampshire. Last weekend, it was 70, which is, what, 21 Celsius, which feels totally bizarre. And just as a point of comparison, I checked what the weather was like last weekend, the same time in Arizona, and it was the same temperature. Now, if you look at the map of the U.S., where New Hampshire is, where Arizona is, it kind of makes sense that Arizona is that warm this time of year, but it definitely doesn't make sense that it's this warm up here. But I'm, you know what? I'm just going to I'm just going to roll with it. Enjoy it. Try not to think too much about climate change and, you know, have a little bit of an existential crisis about that. But uh, yeah, it was kind of nice to ride outside. And not bundle up. Okay. So last week, we had a podcast with Danny. And if you haven't listened to it, check it out. Uh, you know, thank you, Danny, so much for sharing your story. Uh, you know, it's, it's, I would say, not an uncommon thing for endurance athletes to have stress fractures uh, as a result of fueling themselves inadequately. Uh, you know, I think it's something we don't talk about enough. Um, thank you so much for being brave enough to, to share your story. I know it was, there was some trepidation. She hadn't done it before. That was something that we talked about the, before we started recording was that, um, you know, she felt a little nervous about it. So, but thank you. Like that was awesome. Uh, I've been thinking a little bit more about, uh, you know, last week, Sarah asked me kind of what lessons that I had and I I've been reflecting a bit more about it and I've come up with a few things that I would tell a younger athlete, uh, you know, not necessarily a young Sarah, but definitely a couple of these I wish I had known, but yeah. So what, what would have been so 
important for me to know that's relevant to that conversation. Um, the, the fueling is fast conversation. And then the first thing I would tell a young athlete is to learn how to cook and love to cook. I think, uh, you know, we, we have so much, there's so much emotional baggage when it comes to food, but I think when you approach cooking like a creative endeavor, like it's a, it's an act of self-compassion. It's an act of self-love. It really changes the way you see food. And I think that's, that's something that I was really grateful to have in my corner is that I, I've always been interested in cooking. I, I, I enjoy it, but I had plenty of training partners in the past who weren't really cooks and food was a lot more emotionally complicated, I think, as a result, where there were a lot of salads or a lot of things that were easier to prepare. It became um, a much bigger deal than it should have been. They just, there was a disconnect with what was going into their bodies. And so, yeah, I think, I think learning to love to cook, it really does help reframe how you, how you see food as, as fuel, not just for your body, but for your soul. Um, All right. The second thing I would tell a young athlete is that, um, you know, body acceptance is, is attractive. So I know that sounds kind of weird, but um, this is something that I have talked about in the podcast a little bit is that when I was younger, I definitely had some body image issues, did not have a lot of body confidence. And it's something that I, you know, it's still, there's a little kernel of it where, you know, I, I have always joked that, um, you know, I have kind of a teenage boy body, um, <laughs> like, broad shoulders, narrow hips, not big boobs, no big butt, uh, really not a lot of curves going on here. And, you know, that was, that was really hard for me to handle when I was in my teens and twenties, um, where I didn't like the way I looked. Uh, I felt very insecure about it. Um, and it's crazy. Cause I, I now, I now realize cause you can see it in other people just like when you accept your own body, when you accept the way it looks like that, that's genuinely attractive. Um, where I, if like, if I had just owned it, I didn't have anything to be insecure about, you know, it's just a body, whatever. But like, you know, kind of hiding myself and feeling that lack of confidence that that translates more than anything else, honestly. And then that's something that I wish I'd known when I was younger. Um, the third thing is uh, to be really skeptical, be skeptical of trends and of quote unquote experts, you know, especially in this day and age where there are so many people who put themselves out there to be experts online, um, on social media, on TikTok, all over the place. And a lot of them are trying to sell you something. Um, you know, it, I've been in the sport for so many years. You see so many trends come and go. And really, food doesn't have to be that complicated. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be. If you, Anybody who's, uh, you know, trying to adhere to 
all the different trends and bouncing around. It just, it's messy, you know, like eat a little fat, eat some protein, eat some carbs, fuel yourself, eat a varied diet. And obviously, you know, if you have dietary limitations, you have to work within those, but, um, there are always fads. They come and go. You see them. You just have to be skeptical. It's, it is always interesting to me to, you know, those people who just like glom onto whatever trend, whatever food trends, because it just is cool. Um, <laughs> you know, I think, I think it, there's something we said about applying a critical lens to them, to all of that. And I've, I, there have definitely been times where I've bought into it. Um, but yeah, when in doubt, Find somebody, find a dietitian who's very common sense and listen to them. And one of those, some of those experts, you know, they can be coaches. So yeah, don't take, don't take everything a coach says as gospel. That's something that Sarah and I touched upon last week is that we, we both had a coach who said really crazy things about uh, an athletic body, about nutrition and we were both i think my my assumption is with with sarah as well that we were a bit skeptical of the things that he was telling us and i'm grateful for that skepticism because after a few months of having you know some pretty pretty disordered eating i applied that skeptical lens and did not listen to him relied on my gut I trusted my gut. I trusted, you know, my biological patterns of of hunger, and it allowed me to kind of get out of that cycle of overtraining and injury and illness. So yeah, even though he was my coach and I was paying him to be a an expert, he was not an expert in that area, and I'm really grateful that I didn't totally buy in because I saw I saw the impact that it had on some of my training partners and. I was very happy that I wasn't uh, continuing to follow follow the the party line, as they say. All right. So, what's my last little little tipperoo? The last thing I would tell a young athlete is that eating is not just for Ironman. So, this is something that, oh man, it's taken me way too long to really understand. When I was doing short course racing. I would maybe like bring a granola bar or two on a ride, like a four hour ride. And every once in a while, no, I never, I never would have taken, you know, calories on long runs, uh, really nothing on run workouts, nothing like that. So mostly relied on water and then eating around those sessions. And then even when I moved up to 70.3 in Ironman, I had this mindset that, yeah, I had to train my gut. So I would do sessions that were, you know, race simulation to get my gut ready to take in calories. But that is the extent of it. I didn't really think about eating to train. It was just really eating to race. And I think the biggest shift for me has honestly been the past year. 
And it comes down to one thing. I uh, started working with Bonk Breakers, which is a, they, they produce bars and chews. I've never had a nutrition, like a bar company uh, sponsorship. Like I'm very, very picky about my food. And like I had talked to some other companies in the past and didn't really like the product, didn't really like their company values necessarily. Like I just didn't jibe with them. So I'm like, I am so much better off just, you know, eating my granola bars or things I, I bake or a banana, whatever. Uh, but having easy access to chews and bars that I, I enjoy has helped me really, really reframe how I approach food when training. And it's super embarrassing that it's at this point of my career that I'm realizing how much I messed up for years. Um, but yeah, I have a wall of boxes of bars and I think they're tasty and I like the chews and I just fill up my pockets and try to eat uh, pretty much all the time when I'm riding. And my energy levels are so much better. I recover so much faster. I like, yeah, my, my hunger cues, you know, I, I don't know what was going on before. Like my body mass is different. So it's, it's easier for me to stay lean. So yeah, I really, really wish that, well, shoot time machine, go back and be sponsored by bronc breakers before, <laughs> or, or just had adopted the mindset that I needed to eat while training to be able to recover faster and to, you know, like not come home and house everything. Like just have normal sized meals. Um, yeah, it's, it's totally wild to me that this one change has made such a difference. Uh, but it really has. Yeah. So that's, that's my little story. Thank you, Bonk Riggers. This was not an ad, but I guess it kind of is. <laughs> ah. All right. We're going to take a break. And then when I come back, I'm going to talk about my brain. The fastest path to living healthier, longer starts inside. Inside Tracker takes a personalized approach to health and longevity from the most trusted and relevant source, your body. It was created by experts in aging, genetics, and biometric data from Harvard, Tufts, and MIT. That's quite a list. Inside Tracker provides personalized health analysis and clear recommendations, plus an action plan on how to live healthier, longer. When I do my Inside Tracker tests, I always use the mobile blood draw service. It's amazing because you can enjoy a premium lab experience in the comfort of your own home or your office. All you have to do is book a time that suits your schedule and they will come to you. The scheduling is easy and they send you text alerts so you'll get appointment updates and notifications when your Inside Tracker health analysis and custom action plan are ready to view. It's great for busy people who want to save time. So if you want to try Inside Tracker's mobile blood draw service and find out what's going on inside your body for your health, go to insidetracker.com 
forward slash feisty and get 20% off today. That's insidetracker.com forward slash F-E-I-S-T-Y. All right, Sarah's brain on exercise, my brain on exercise. So, okay, another non sequitur because I can, this is my podcast today. If you grew up in the U.S. and are of a certain age, do you remember the, my brain on, your brain on drugs ads with like the, the egg frying? I just, re, I just remembered that for the first time in many years when I said my brain on exercise. Um, anyway, so th- those ads were so ineffective, by the way. <laughs> the whole war on drugs. That was, a, that was a Reagan thing, wasn't it? I don't know. Anyway. Uh, okay. I realized I was out running this morning and I realized that the way I think is very different based on the type of exercise I'm doing. I don't know if this has come to other people. Please send in a voicemails. If it's not just me, please validate that I'm not a weirdo. Uh, so yeah, when I run, it's a very emotional, it's far more emotional for me. So it's almost like this cathartic experience where I work out frustrations. I feel the feels, uh, I work through my personal stuff. So, and like, then I reach this point where I kind of let it go and it's almost meditative. And this isn't all the time when, if I'm doing a workout I'm focused on doing the workout. But if we're just talking about base runs, it's far more emotionally engaging than swimming and biking for me. And I'm curious about that. I'm curious if this is a common thing. Today, for example, I have this uh, interpersonal frustration with from school. Oh, I need to tell Sarah about this. I'm okay. I'm going to save this for when Sarah's back. And I just, oh, I just needed to get it out. And I went through mental gymnastics during my run, felt frustrated, let it all out. And then like I felt a release. It was good. Then I just kind of chilled out the rest of the the run and saw the ducks and the trees and stuff. Um, Just was present with my body. Now, when I swim, however, it's much more about organization and thinking about my day. And there's a lot of meal planning that goes on when I swim. Maybe just because there's not a lot going on in the water other than, you know, other people splashing. So I, I just get, I, I like to use that as kind of my planning time. And then on the bike, that's far more my active thoughts part of the day where that's when I'm more creative. You know, I, I reflect upon my readings for class. I kind of have like breakthroughs on the bike. Not, not the emotional, actually, yeah, sometimes kind of emotional breakthroughs, but it's, it's far more reflective, I would say. So for example, this, this past uh, week, I, I have a lot of papers to write. 
And I do most of my thinking for my paper writing on the bike. So I will, I like the piecemeal approach to paper writing where I'll go out uh, or I'll, I'll sit down. I have a kind of general idea of why, what I want to write about. I do my research. I get some quotes, you know, like get all this, the, 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 my work together just in terms of, all right, this is, this is the approach I'm generally going to take, but how do I make this, this concept mine? How do I bring some of Sarah's insights into this topic that she's learning about? And I like to go out for a bike ride, think about it, come back, write a couple paper, like a couple pages. The next day, go out for a bike ride, you know, come back, build upon what I wrote the day before. Like, yeah, I don't know why writing, that's my time for that sort of thing. But definitely, I compartmentalize mentally based on these exercises, and I find it fascinating. Maybe I spend too much time with myself that I find it interesting, but that is, that's just the way things are. This is what happens when you train alone. Maybe I maybe the take-home message is I need friends because um, friends to train with. Actually, no. I really enjoy training alone. Would I like to have a training partner in the pool a couple days a week? Somebody to push me on the bike every once in a while? Yes. But by and large, it's kind of my Sarah time. And I think, you know, I just broke down why it's important to me. All right. Thank you for listening to a Sarah monologue with a little bit of a voicemail, I guess, in there from Sarah. But mostly a Sarah monologue for the day. I would love to have any voicemails making me feel less weird about what my brain does on exercise. Tell me to stop my town, my crown. We know what it takes to be reaching the top. We're reaching the top. We're reaching the top. We know what it takes to be reaching the top.